Welcome, everyone, to Episode 1, Season 3 of the Downloadable Concept Podcast. Thrash, bash, and smash the competition, it's Fox Lee. Ha! Trolls on deck! Uh, trolls on, trolls on, trolls on deck. Prepare, prepare for the most radical changes of your life, it's Talon Lee. Email. And conquering this game will take you centuries. I'm Jeb Wrench. We're back! Hooray, we made it! <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't ask where that intro came from, Talon. I have no clue, but I figure it was going to come up. <laughs> that is ad copy from NES games. Oh! I'm trying to work out which ones, though. Because for once, I don't think I'm familiar with any of those. Well, any of those advertising lines. The, the first one, the Thrash Bash and Smash the Competition, was Super Dodgeball. See, we weren't even allowed to play real Dodgeball. Prepare for the most radical change of your life was Castlevania 3. Huh. There you go. Radical, I guess. Radical. What, what a perfect radical. night to have a curse. <laughs> That's Castlevania 2. God damn it. <laughs> I'm so fake. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the conquering this game will take you centuries was Destiny of an Emperor. Which one was the one with the pretty boy where they had to replace him for Americans because they don't like men to be pretty? Most of them. Near, Near? I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that too. <laughs> yes, we'll get to the Nero Tamata butthole controversy. <laughs> hey, you know how there's the shit serious one. show to... <laughs> so, we've, we've all had our break we've had our time we've each of us fought our shadow doppelgangers atop tall buildings in rainstorms my shadow doppelganger is one human disguised as three trolls <gasps> jim henson <laughs> that you. was quality <laughs> you had to let that one sink in for a minute yeah so i'm gonna sit here and enjoy that <laughs> Much like an R kind of green. Mm. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so Talon, have you played anything lately? <laughs> um game wise, I've been really head down on my thesis and doing a lot of mm. uh physical card game stuff. So yeah, haven't played tons of different video games, so I went back and replayed Loom because that's something I did two years ago on the <laughs> podcast already. Did you finish it this time? No. Uh-huh. Where'd you get up to? <laughs> I actually stopped uh, fairly quickly this time um, because I was busy. Like um, a, a Twitter user, I cannot remember the proper handle. It's Ben0773, I think something like that, who has been doing these amazing screenshot an analyses of full throttle, of just uh -huh. taking full throttle pixel art and dividing it up rules of threes doing distinct shapes showing the use of the palette it, and it's, it just blows my mind at just how good looking LucasArts games were at this point and that's why I was playing Loom again not because I wanted to progress through the game but just because oh look at this shot and you can see the stark outline of each shape and you can see the way that the objects interface it's so amazingly good looking they, they got really good at using you're, you're talking about colors. you're talking about ben chandler right that's the name yes yeah uh you, you know he did a uh sprite work for alcave right no i didn't know ah. that well, now you do yeah well that would explain <laughs> that i see some connections by the way alcave point and click adventure games also really really good really good looking like uh richard and alice is more of a gut punch and it's not visually as special but <laughs> charnel house trilogy looks like the kind it looks like the best game 1996 never got to release <laughs> in the point and click genre it's such a good looking game so i had Definitely. such a hard time ever being impressed with ness games mm. because like the first games i encountered were things like loom and they already looked like, they'd already worked out how to make pixels look fucking incredible. Yeah. So the ones where you go back and they just didn't have a grip on it yet, I'm like, uh, yeah, but... Uh. Yeah, primitive tech. <laughs> and, you know, I, I get that these are all developmental stages, and then you can't really judge them as if they had one standard right from the start. But it colors your experience really interestingly. Mm -hmm. I mean, my earliest experiences of quote-unquote pixel art was actually ASCII art um, on... Uh, that's a very different thing. I, I know, on like games like Volcano. No Hunter, where your character is literally a collection of ASCII characters moving across the screen, and you get that sort of redraw shearing going on. Wow, and that's a that's really a beautiful, old a beautiful, majestic creature that is ASCII redraw. <laughs> yeah, whole, mm, I forgot whole, that, the, that they the animated map, sometimes. To be honest, the whole map just kind of wiggles. Yeah, every, time, every square you move, it's great. 
Yeah. I assume some early graphical games had that as well, because I yeah. remember seeing that effect on actual <laughs> you, pixel art. Because, uh, uh, oh, go because, on, old, because uh, old hardware didn't support actual scrolling. Yeah. Right. That was the huge deal about, from the a technical level, King? that was a huge deal about Super Mario Brothers, that it could handle smooth mm-hmm. scrolling without shearing, and then... Five years later, like, it was not a recent development afterwards, was getting Commander Keen to do the same thing on a PC. I understand PC architecture was a lot more difficult to get it working on. You needed John Carmack. That's about <laughs> as difficult as it gets. Yeah, you basically needed a wizard. And he and he was doing things like wizard. designing... designing. Uh, this is all metaphor, and I'm not sure if I'm repeating it correctly or I was taught it correctly, but the gist I was given was that you designed the graphic buffer in a loop so that whenever it went to check itself mathematically saying, hey, is this all working? It would always get the right result, even though technically the data in the buffer had changed, so that it wouldn't buff and say, hey, hang on, I need to clear the buffer, something's gone wrong. Can't really picture that, but I take your word for it. Effectively, it was feeding it an Ouroboros. But yeah, I, wizardry. I mean, if you said Codoroboros, I'd think you were just talking about recursion. But Maybe. I, I don't picture... I can't picture what you're describing exactly, but that's not the point. Yeah. Lie, lying to the lying to the uh, the checksum. Yes! <laughs> yeah, that sounds that sounds like a better description of what it was. Yeah. That's wizardry. Yeah. Um, and, and to be fair, when you're dealing with a really tiny buffer, like an EGA graphics driver, you might have a much smaller range of possible fibs you can tell, but it still sounds just... One day there's well, going to we... be a setting where that's how all magic works. It's like it, it works off a bluff check or whatever, because it is literally just lying to reality for mm-hmm. for long enough to make a spell happen. Mm. And now, of course, we have hardware scrolling for our visuals. Yeah, you spoiled young'uns. <laughs> Is that where it's on, like, a long sheet of paper and you scroll it from one side to another? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like in, like in uh, Duckula, when they want to make the car go fast. Yeah. I was going to say the Flintstones like the background. <laughs> <laughs> because, let's I, be fair, the, the scrolling in, Duck, in the Duckula game sucked. Yeah. Everything in the Duckula game sucked. I... I... I actually, believe That's it or not, disappointing. I've been doing research into Hanna-Barbera for the thesis. And one of the things that really struck me was... Like, we talk about how it looked cheap animation. At the time, Yogi Bear was, like, cutting edge. People were blown away of, like, you have how many frames in this half-hour children's (laughs) television program? It's half an hour. In the talkies, it's three minutes. What are you doing? Uh, What we're learning, really, is that frame rate has never been what actually makes something look good. And stylization enables amazing things. Yes. I like these morals. Hey, Fox, what have you been playing over the holidays? What? Nothing. No, that's not true. No, that's not true. Oh, good, Twilight Princess. I thought I was just going to say Pokemon Sun again, but uh, (laughs) no, I got me some Twilight Princess HD. The special edition of that is so feckin' pretty. Yeah. And it's even better if you happen to have gotten the UK special edition instead of the Australian one where they had to slap the ugly ratings branding on the package. Well, not branding, (laughs) but... Wait, have the... They re- I remember answering a poll on this, in fact, when they changed the way the ratings labels were going to be done, and they had, like, quite a minimalistic one, so it didn't interfere with the box art too much, and I was like, that's great, use that. It's color-coded and shape-coded still, so it will be easy for people to tell what the symbol is, but, you know, it doesn't involve slapping a giant white thing with text and an icon on it on every package. But guess what got voted in? <laughs> when when would you learn to stop presuming on oh. tastefulness when it comes to the Australian government? <laughs> <laughs> the best thing you can hope for is when the company cheaps out and they go for the uh, stick it on the front of the plastic label for their Ooh, internationalization. Yeah. Because then you can pull that sucker off and get rid of it. <laughs> but yes. But if they actually redo the packaging, ah, oh, so ugly. So still enough with the meta text. <laughs> Is it what Bloom Town? Oh, Twilight Princess. Oh, probably. <laughs> that's kind of the visual theme of that game. Like that's what Twilight means in Zelda. That's and, what it is. And inexplicably, Twilight means really bright and hard to see. Well, not really bright, just uh, fuzzy. Yeah, fuzzy. <laughs> it means fuzzy glow. And also, at last check, inexplicably sexy gnomes. <laughs> She's an imp, not a gnome. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I wonder if still... anyone actually ever calls her an imp. Anyway, the uh, the Wolf Link amiibo is also so good. That's the best fucking Zelda figurine they've done. Like, screw these big ones they're charging $150 for. 
This is the best Zelda statue so far. <laughs> nice. That that is kind of something that shits me about Zelda. Actually, it's it's such a long lived franchise, but every time they make figurines for it, they're just kind of. Eh. I I have this suspicion that Nintendo's secondary properties, like their internet connectivity and their miniatures and their <laughs> figurines and whatnot, are all because Nintendo is such an old Wait. company. They have these old agreements that are like literally ascent, like predate plastic kind of thing yeah. with companies. Yeah, fucking awesome looking Mario figurines. Ah, uh, you you can get really great Kirby's and and fucking excellent Metroids. I don't know if they've done any really fantastic Samuses, but that would require respecting the Metroid like franchise. Actual Metroids, but no, they have all these other licenses where you can get great figures, and some of the Pokemon statues are fucking incredible. But just Zelda for some reason, Zelda always sucks. Well, the the Pokemon stuff is actually handled by the Pokemon Company and Game Freak. Yeah, actually, yeah, that Nintendo can't have credit for that. You're right. And at last check, Game Freak have farmed out the physical goods to a company called the Pokemon Company. Or uh, I the suspect- Pokemon Company owns Pokemon, don't they? Like, they're actually the... Whatever. Like, you got, they, they do a lot of, like, production houses. Like, Tomy does uh, most of the buy them in Kmart type figures. <laughs> but they also, like, actual Japanese figure houses do a bunch of them too. You can get an N Android! He's so cute! I love how we oh! asked you about video games and we are at this point now geeking out about what I can politely called paratext i like toys <laughs> this is one of my things i really like i think it's because i can't do 3d and therefore i'm intensely jealous <laughs> but i really like statues and if i had had a job for the last 15 years instead of being unemployed and a student respectively uh i would have a house full of you know half naked anime girls that you would be constantly embarrassed by that's true as opposed to just one or two anime girls i'm occasionally embarrassed by a but a couple of, of them are still half naked yeah a house full of Half naked anime girls is my okay cupid profile name. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and what about you, Jeb? What have you spent this past month rounding your way through? Jesus Christ, what haven't I been playing? Yeah, I've been <laughs> I've been following your Twitter, and I'm kind of just stunned at the sheer variety of stuff you've got you've gotten around to. Um. Well, most recently, of course, has been, uh, I know it's not out yet, but uh, I can yeah. actually say this now. Um, I had been yeah, I- working on. Uh, secret project for uh, a few weeks uh, around about the start of the year and um, Yakuza 0 is a really good game <laughs> oh were you doing advanced reviews on Yakuza 0 <laughs> I did indeed do advanced reviews on Yakuza 0 which is the prequel to the Yakuza series where you control the the, the war god uh, Kiryu Kazama uh <laughs> As he makes his way through Yakuza life in uh, in, in, in Tokyo, uh, Yakuza Zero, of course, it's set in the eighties. So you have that fantastic neon oh aesthetic. Oh my gosh! Yes. While you're going around and getting into fights in the middle of the street and breaking motorcycles over people. <laughs> I'm just, oh, holy shit. I'm just picturing the moment when someone involved with this franchise went, we have the perfect excuse to do this in the 80s, and just the idea shone like divine inspiration. There was a heavenly choir in the background. You remember how we and constantly- they just went, we're going to take everyone's money so much. <laughs> you, you remember how we constantly make that comparison with Saints Row and Sleeping Dogs <laughs> as the good path that Grand Theft Auto never took? Yeah, yeah. I think Yakuza 0 sounds a lot like it's the good path. It, it's the Saints Row to Sleeping Dogs. <laughs> kind of? Well, the, the Yakuza series as a whole has- had this blend of gritty crime drama that gets really uncomfortable in places mm-hmm. and also ridiculously goofy. <laughs> like there's like I, I can spend hours just playing the the, the, the goddamn karaoke minigame <laughs> because there's a karaoke minigame. Of course there's a karaoke minigame. If it doesn't require a <laughs> microphone and actual karaoke I'm out. It does it uh, it doesn't. But but Ooh. but 
But if you do well in the karaoke, in the if now now Kiryu and uh, there's actually a second character in this uh, Goro Majima. If they are saying, hey, I know him. He's back <laughs> from Project X Zone. <laughs> oh, you've met you've met Majima. <laughs> is, is he wearing a pink shirt this time? Please tell me he's wearing a pink shirt. Uh, no, he's wearing he wears a suit uh, because he's the manager of a nightclub. He still oh, okay. has the eye patch. No. No. In like the the most recent like time wise chronologically, he was at one point um, beating people up with a like on the on the box cover pictures in the back. It's him holding a bicycle and beating a policeman, <laughs> beating a policeman up with it while wearing a hot pink Hawaiian shirt, and it's it's art. I can't actually remember what he's wearing in uh, Project X Zone. I think one of them's wearing the suit and one of them's wearing a Hawaiian shirt. No. Anyway, Jeb. It was actually um, the first time I'd met either of these characters, oh, okay. so it was amazing. When they, when, when, they, when they do well in the... Now, there there are some karaoke songs that are sung by them and some that they spectate while a, while a woman <laughs> sings, because whatever, they don't sing women's songs, I guess. Boo! If they're singing... Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Just, this, it, that's even better. I let you be DJ <laughs> When... When they're, when they're actually singing, when they're actually singing, um, like if they're singing a, a rock song, for example, uh, if you're doing well enough, they will undergo a costume change in the middle of the karaoke number to have the rock outfit going on and the rock pyro going on behind them. Nice. I, I, look, I have, if, I have if, heard if, it said that... If, oh. if, if it is the if it is the lady singing, they instead of singing will be cheering them on in the crowd, which means uh, playing a tambourine or shaking maracas or just <laughs> just going oi 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 or or joining in on parts of the chorus really off key. Nice. <laughs> One of the comparisons I've heard when it comes to the Yakuza series is that it is the most J of J games. Like, it, <laughs> if, if you don't know what a maid cafe is, it doesn't give a fuck about explaining it. Uh, I think it was five that literally shipped with no English audio at all. And a whole bunch of people oh, were surprised. And there's no English audio in zero. Yeah, right. Nice. Yeah. It, it is one of those, it is one of the most intensely Japanese games and it genuinely seems to do it. Like, a lot of the time when Japanese games get brought to the West, it's with this sort of exoticized air of like, check out what Japan's doing. Whereas this one really seems to be, you know, no, we, we don't care what you think. We're doing this because we think it's awesome. You can have a subtitle track if you want it, but whatever. And, <laughs> fuck it. And, fuck it. Like, Here's a fishing mini game. Yeah. I do like Fuck that. About Here's a baseball games. mini game. Like, yeah, I'm not going to translate this crap for you. There's a. You can um, have menu buttons a, that you understand. That's it. Yeah. There's a, there's an absolutely breathtaking article floating around on the web about, uh, I think it's Yakuza 4. I don't, I'm, I'm not sure about that. Where a crime journalist gave a games journalist a hookup to go visit an actual Yakuza den. Oh, wow. And he just sat there writing down what they had to say about the game. <laughs> and the eerie thing was how much they were going like, yeah, he needs to do... No, no, he he, he can't take that kind of disrespect. Fucking own that guy. <laughs> right, yeah, fuck, no. yeah. And 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 things like... They, they really liked it. And they were saying like, no, that's that's totally how that would work. And such a strange <laughs> wow. thing. And and like oh, they yeah. were saying like, yeah, I there's all these minigames. Totally bunch of those seven guys in the face at the same time. <laughs> but, but also at the same time, <laughs> things I, like I killed a man with a bicycle. Yeah, things like yeah, so much of your time as a yakuza is just spent fucking around. <laughs> you just spend a lot of time like, yo, I've got six hours to kill. I'm going to the arcade and I'm playing a fishing game. And just, why? I'm why going to the arcade and. I'm going to the arcade and playing Space Harrier. Oh, by the way, Space Harrier's in that game. <laughs> <laughs> it's such an interesting series, the, and Yakuza the Zero pool, is the pool awesome. game. In it. The pool game in it. You can go to you can go to a bar. You can shoot. You can shoot darts. You can shoot pool. There are four complete pool games. <laughs> wow. I think it's not. It, I think. <laughs> I, 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 I obviously my only insight into this is Jeb's review uh, and and Ch Jeb sharing about it. The excitement was so infectious about it. <laughs> it's such a cool seeming fucking around simulator. <laughs> I heard something about a chicken. What? <laughs> I heard something about a chicken. Okay, uh, um, Jeb, I help. Will explain the, I will explain the chicken. Uh, 
uh, as I mentioned, uh, as I think I mentioned, Majima is the is the manager of a nightclub, but uh, Kiryu Kazama works for a real estate company. So uh-huh. as opposed to Majima, who is rec- recruiting uh, hostesses for this nightclub, uh, Kiryu is hiring managers for the properties that the real estate company that he works for owns. Now, you can go bowling and win a chicken, and you can sign that chicken to manage one of your properties. The fuck? What else you can do with a chicken? You know how people listen to podcasts as a way to drift in and out like they've got some sound in the background? You know there's going to be a gorgeous <laughs> moment where the listener is going to hear, hear just the phrase, sign that chicken, and they're going to visualize it as signing your name on the side of a chicken, and then they're going to snap back and go, wait, what? And now we have completely confused the fuck out of them. <laughs> Does, uh, does the chicken do a good job? <laughs> chicken does a pretty good job for a chicken. I mean, you can't really... You're, you're going to expect certain things out of a chicken. Um, let's see, there's, uh, there's, uh, there's a, a, side, a side story where you have to help uh, not Steven Spielberg uh, film, <laughs> not Michael Jackson record not Thriller. <laughs> Sweet. And uh, by that, uh, not Michael Jackson has insisted that the actors playing the zombies act like real zombies and try to take them down, which means that you Uh get the luxury of kicking them all and hitting them really hard (laughs) while not Michael Jackson moonwalks down the street. (laughs) This is not the best escort mission in this game. This is an escort mission. This is not the best one. Ah, uh, that's beautiful. The best one I have found so far has been the one where you come across a, a man in a in like a, a varsity jacket laying beaten on the side of the road on, on by a bridge. And you go up to him and you ask him, and, and, Gor, and Majima asks him, "What's going on?" He said, "Well, uh, I'm wearing this this stadium jacket because it looks really cool, but when I try to cross the bridge." Everybody thinks I'm looking for a fight. So everybody tries to beat me up. And Majima says, are you sure it's the jacket and not your face? By the way, can you help me? Can you help me cross this bridge? It's it's all I've ever dreamed of. It's all I wanted of life is to cross this bridge wearing my coat. So you help him cross the bridge wearing a coat. And you beat up all the guys who are trying to beat him up for trying to cross the bridge. And you get him across the bridge, and he is so happy. He is so victorious. Finally, he's lived his dream. He has crossed the bridge, and he's so happy. He's going to go home, have something to eat, and he takes off. He wishes Majima a fond farewell, and Majima watches him walk away, cross the bridge, and get his ass kicked because he's trying to cross the bridge again. (laughs) (laughs) So Yakuza Zero, we should keep an eye out for it. Yakuza Zero is a fantastic game. There is some really uncomfortable stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's please, gonna if you're going to play it, please, if you're comfortable, be aware there is some uh, very harsh treatment of women and sex workers and children and torture yep. and things like that. Whole bunch be of the content warning. Getting, be aware of what you're getting into. If you're okay with that, if that is something that you can handle in a game, then I think you'd have a lot of fun with it. If not, give it a pass. I know. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to talk about, but or, or should we just bounce onto the uh, RGN at this point? Because we we could talk. I finished. For hours. I finished Final Fantasy 15, and it's amazing. <laughs> the boys so back and so in town. I cannot comment on the way that Final Fantasy 15 progresses because I, spoilers. Yeah, I, I have heard some of the ways it progresses, and I'm really impressed with the way it progresses. Time for Retro Gaming News. All the news at Victor Print for the year of 2016. Brought to you by Bacall Professional Real Estate. Only the finest free-range property managers waiting to take care of your valuable investments. To quote Kiryo Kazama, that's rad. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what Kazama says when he sees a new fighting style that he can learn. It really just occurred to me how interesting it would be uh, removing mobile phones from crime games. Yeah. Well, there's there's a there's a there's a, a side mission where you meet someone who owns a bag phone. <gasps> wow! Wow! Technology. <coughs> All right. Excuse me. Mm, oh, by okay. the way, there's also one one last thing. One last thing. There is 
you know Assassin's Creed Brotherhood and, uh, yeah. and Final Fantasy Tactics, the, the dispatching people to do side quest things? Yeah. There's one of those in Yakuza 0 too. Oh, god damn, they got my number now. <laughs> oh, no. Where, where you send people around the world to find crafting materials to make new weapons. Okay. Are they in small and... stuffed toy replicas of those people? <laughs> they, the, the, the results are given to you. In a series of like, kind of like movie posters, like it was a wild, it was an <laughs> uh, it was a outstanding voyage to a faraway village. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> the townspeople, the townspeople welcomed us graciously, and then a bear attacked. <laughs> I am so bummed out that this is like a nasty crying game on the other side because I'd love to see the goofy shit, but I'm not certain I could stomach the rest of it. It's it's yeah, that sad but true. All right. I, I, by the way, I quite like that Yakuza Zero claimed extra territory. Sure, sure. <laughs> no, no, I think that's very thematically appropriate. All right. So first up, January 2016, we saw the release of a meta game about games with a deliberately crap aesthetic and a sort of a deep, subtle, hidden imagery and information that makes it super interesting and everyone should play it. And it vanished beneath the waves real quick. That's got Witness. to be Undertale. That's uh, the only game that's done that. <laughs> No, not The Witness, not Undertale, though good sass on both parts. Thank you. Um, no, The wit- the Witness was actually, I think The Witness was later. Anyway, um, no, a Pony Island. Pony Island is outstanding. Mm. I, I, I genuinely don't know if it's good or bad. I, it is outstanding. I didn't play it during the bubble. Pony Island is a, it's a nice game about ponies and nothing else. Pony Island is in Pokemon Sun. And Pony Island is definitely not a place where you have to give up your soul to exit a menu. Oh, I just realized the thing. That, no, uh, Pony Island is one of the four islands in in um, Aloha. Oh, okay. And I just realized that its major feature is a, a giant cat. There's a major field in the game called Vast Pony Canyon. Oh. <laughs> you familiar with Pony Canyon? Yeah, Pony Canyon or a dubbing studio. Pony Island is really, really well made. And despite the obvious hook, it is one of the most surprising games I've ever played. Hey, cool. Yeah, uh, yeah, January 2016. It was also Next a jam up- game, so... Next major release was a Vita release of an existing game, a British auteur's passion project that, uh, in his own words, I made the I made the last game to pay for the next game. Virtual console re-release or just I, you know previous gen forward port? Uh, it, it was a it was a port of a game from the PC and other consoles onto the Vita. Okay. Yeah. From um, how long ago was the PC version? Uh, the previous year, 2015. Not not a long okay. reach. From a British um, auteur designer. Our explosion shit. <laughs> you are so close, and I was deliberately trying to lead you to Jonathan Blow. But no, it's not Jonathan Blow, it's Mark Bithell. Mike Bithell? Mike Bithell. Mike Bithell. Sorry, Mr. So... Thomas was alone? Sorry, Mr. Bithell. <laughs> volume. It's volume, yeah. It's the game he made with the money from Thomas Was Alone. Thomas Was Alone wasn't his art project, baby? I'm no. so disappointed. Thomas Was Alone was a Flash game that really got out of hand in a great way. <laughs> Oh, well. Well done to him. And also, when he's commented on things I care about, he seems to be an alright bloke, which is nice for a damn change. Uh, he is generally a very nice person. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, volume we have the... is kind of not his best. <laughs> Isn't volume, like, most cynically, streamers save the world? No. Oh, those kinds of streamers. I thought you meant, like, you know, confetti <laughs> streamers. <laughs> no. No. We shall uh, talk more on this after I play volume. Volume is Cyberpunk Robin Hood. Yeah, stealth except game. Oh, stealth that should game. be amazing. E- except you're not actually doing the heists. You're doing a simulation of the heists and sharing that online with people so they can do the heists proper. Oh, I Hence see. Streamers. Okay, yeah, that is definitely you know no power fantasy. I mean, I might be mis- I might be wrong about that framing device. I that's what I heard. I haven't played Volume yet. Uh, I, I, I I've only just seen the general reaction as kind of eh. It's not as good as your first game, Mike. Sorry. The uh, difficult the artist, second album, though. The artist, That's a tough act to follow. Yeah. The the artist one of the artists on it, uh, Daz Watford, very very lovely human being. Ah. Did you say Daz Watford? Yes. What a name. Nice. All right, we have a I guess. It's a management sim of a life, but it's it's a very macho... Uh, sorry, it's a game about a very macho thing being turned into a honestly kind of mathy, crunchy kind of puzzle game instead of a instead of a, a, a brawl. Punch Club? Punch Club! Yes, it's Fight Club the management game. 
Oh, this it's is a, where you have to like manage people's exercise regimes and like mm-hmm. overtime and yeah, do you lift? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's really challenging. Mm. It's like most management games. It's really hard, he says, because he's bad at management games. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think I I I take offense to that. I am no. I'm talking about I me. I'm talking about me, not you. <laughs> Uh, Punch Club is is rather difficult to make progress in, and the the actual fighting in it is really clunky. Uh, curious fact about Punch Club is that um, its release, like when it was actually launched, was arranged by Twitch viewers. Uh, they were the developers were streaming it, and uh, the Twitch chat was set up to take commands for what to do with with the, with the boxer. And when Twitch chat beat the games, when the game launched. Ah, that's that's a pretty cool idea, you know, just for something novel to do for a launch. Yeah. I mean, uh, goodness knows a big part of the indie problem is working out how to do anything to make yourself distinguishable from the sea. Speaking of indie games that want to stand out, this is probably the saddest fucking game to exist in 2016. Saddest like makes you cry sad or saddest like Like I can't believe this exists. Like the reason this game got made is one of the saddest real things that can actually happen. That dragon cancer. That dragon cancer, which was created by a family in part to process emotionally the death of their child to cancer, which sucks all kinds of things that can suck. And yes. You have to be all kinds of brave to uh, let the internet comment on the process of grieving with losing a child to cancer, I have to say. As, and the internet lived down to that expectation. No especially kidding. since the family involved was very religious. Yes. Oh, God. Yes. So oh, they, no. they, caught, they caught the worst edge of the worst people who technically have stuff in common with me. And I just, yeah, it's it's miserable, and um, yeah, they don't deserve like no one deserves any shit for for the you know artistic expressions of this vein, and this one in particular. It's just, it's it's one of those horror stories about Jesus Christ. We're just as bad as we thought. Anyway, on from from one game about dragons <laughs> to another game about dragons that's actually full of reasons to laugh. Um, this is the PC release of a game that we thought was never going to get a PC release. Oh, wait, uh, not Dragon's Dogma? Dragon's Dogma! It is Dragon's it Dogma! Dragon's Dogma Arisen. Hooray! This is the one where they fixed a bunch of shit, right? Yeah, you got... Sorry, Death Dark Arisen. You, you, it's got extra content in it. It's less clunky. The control system is apparently tightened up and made a little less prone to falling apart like it's made out of stickle bricks. It's uh, vastly improved. <laughs> but does that make it less fun? No. Nope. <laughs> no? It's good? It's much more fun to be able to play the game. It's improved good. Okay, cool, cool. You still can pick up the old man at the first village who's like, you're cursed, you're cursed. Pick him up over your head, run to the edge of town and throw him off a cliff. <gasps> I'm here back, I gotta go play Dragon's Dogma. <laughs> <laughs> In the same way that, what is it, Radiant Historia is the game where you can kick... No, Radiant... Radiata Stories is the game where you can kick everything. That's instead of having, like, an inspect or use button or whatever, you just have kick. Yeah, Dragon's Dogma Arisen is the... Dragon's Dogma Dark Arisen is the one where you can pick up everything and throw it. <laughs> well, not everything. It depends on your, it depends on your size. Yeah. I'm gonna be the biggest ever. <laughs> Let me tell you, you can make people huge in that. You can make a giant woman. And it's advantageous because That's it means that be. you can carry... You means you can carry more stuff. Including your own pawns at last check? Yes. Oh, taking that as a given. <laughs> Alright, next up. Can you get an actual dog or just NPCs who act like dogs? <laughs> the NPCs just act like dogs. <laughs> That's good too. Alright, next up we have a... Wolves like, hunt packs, Risen. <laughs> It's kind of a hard comment. It's kind of a hard game to commentate. There's a tower on over there. Because without giving away that it's a horror. There is a, game. There's a river over there. And, and, and about this point is when you pick up the pot and throw them in the river. <laughs> I'm wet. I'm all oh, wet, Arisa. No. <laughs> uh. But no, we have a game that I guess it's an adventure game, mostly driven by dialogue, but it's also kind of a horror game, but it's Oxen also free. not particularly horrific. Yeah. Um, Oxen Free. Straight in. Yeah. Oxen Free, which was lauded for excellent dialogue interpreter. Ah, thousands okay. and thousands and thousands of lines of dialogue in that game are really good. Yeah. Um, and the interpreter is smart enough to recognize the speed with which you respond to things. Ooh. So mm-hmm. if you, like, let's say a text prompt comes up and it's like three different answers, your answer is it the one you choose gives different results depending on if you cut someone off. 
or if you wait, or if you then wait and make them wait more. Like, there's, you can actually have them responding to awkward pauses. <laughs> right. It's a really smart interpreter. And the game doesn't really have room to do a ton of anything else, but, like, oh, do you need it to do a ton of anything else? Oh, I don't know about that. It does uh, a lot. Yeah. It does a lot. My, my point is the engine that. isn't about to let you do, like, running backflips and stuff. It's not that kind of game. Well, no, you're, 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 you're the, you're the shitty teens who've gone to your shitty teen getaway on an island because it's your shitty teen summer. And whoops, something weird's going on. <laughs> With a bonus side order of someone has a really recent trauma uh, in their family and that's just, yeah, there's... It's it's it is a horror movie. It it's a horror movie. It is approach more thoughtfully in a game. Yeah, which is normally something that's really hard to gamify. Like I heard Dead Dead by Dawn was a game that people talked about, but that was more of a game of horror movie tropes, whereas Oxenfree is much more like living the experience of going through a horror movie. I like to do that as a dating sim. Nice. I would like to I would like to point out that Oxenfree, I believe, was awarded Game of the Year by Spawn on Me Pod, by uh, Spawn Point. Yeah. Um, I, I, I hypothetically, if the internet connection was a little faster, could have uh, verified that on the spot, but, uh, it won, uh, it won excellence in visual, um, art at the Independent Games Festival Awards 2016, and it was nominated for Best 2D Visual Experience at Unity Awards, Best, jo- uh, and the Golden Joystick Awards for Best Storytelling, Best Indie Game. I nominated it for Best, Best Visual Storytelling at the ITF Awards. <laughs> I, uh, I was there. It's in development to get a film and web series, which I'm deeply worried about, but I hope everything goes well for everyone I know the people who've I know some of the people who've worked on that. That'll be a really good web series. Hey! That'll be a really good web series. Auction All Free's right. writing is spectacular. So next up, we have a game. We we have we have a unicorn of a game in that it. No, no, we already had Point Island. <laughs> we have it was a Kickstarter game. Mm-hmm. Then the Kickstarter went into early access, mm-hmm. and then the game came out, uh-huh. and it's good. And it's good. <laughs> like you would expect something to go terribly wrong with that many stages of, of a story, but no. Apparently, the game is quite good. Um, Abduction. Oh, is it, did it? They released this year. I want to say it's. Um, not super hot. Su- ah, right, no, not, not super, super hot. hot. That was the name I was looking for. But super hot was also a game that came out in 2016, and it was really good. That was that was kickstarted and went through went through stages. production and got made and released, and people enjoyed it. Yeah, no, this one, this one, the fact that it went through early access was actually a point of contention. Lots of people said, "Hey, mm-hmm. if you kickstarted this, why isn't that enough money to make the whole game forever?" Uh, and of course, the people who made it said, "Dear God, what do you want of us? Do you want our blood?" Um, <laughs> people who made it said, "Have you budgeted?" a video game ever yeah ever uh shut up (laughs) (laughs) this game is dark this game is grim as hell uh grim dawn but it also has a weirdly because of the way it treats mental illness it actually has like a kind of a weirdly hopeful positive take on it compared to a lot of other things and other games with it um as bad as things can get there are recognitions that you need downtime you need options for de-stressing um mental um darkest you know, dungeon darkest dungeons there we go um mental mental health problems don't go away magically and they are also not the end of the world. You can manage them. You can learn to live with them and whatnot. And it is also a game where you can get vomited on by pigmen and get syphilis. So it's also a game where if your if your 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 characters get too high a level, they start to get an attitude with you. If you say, <laughs> you know, we want to just go to this little easy place and get a few get a little bit of money, they'll be like, no, I'm too good for this shit. <laughs> they get pissed off with you. Too good for money? Jeez. No, they're too, good for li- they're too good for little bits of money. They need more money. They need more swag. Loot. They're, uh, they're beyond your 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 easy dungeons. Um, I want to have a game where that kind of, you know, social dynamic starts happening, but, you know, you have ways out, like, except I have the cupcakes button. <laughs> <laughs> Would fighting the dragon's lair give you cupcakes? Well, it's it's hostess fruit pies. Make it a tie-in. Make it a comic book game. Don't. T- those are not pies. <laughs> I know what a pie looks like. That is not a fucking pie. All right. Next up, they we have tasty, though. an interesting beat in a, um, I guess I'd call it a success story of a creative 
trying something and it failing and that creative showing remarkable maturity and respect around the failure. Oh, this is Peter Molyneux. This is the story how he became a good responsible dev who regretted his <laughs> uh, past overpromises and uh, learned to make reasonable predictions for his project. Let's, let's not talk smack about Pete Molyneux today. <laughs> I wasn't planning on it or anything. No, uh, different. Um, I actually don't know the guy's name. I, I feel really embarrassed now. Um, I think I could give Fox the developer's name. Uh, Scott Cawthon. No, no. Yeah, I didn't think so. No. Um, too late for me to make a Richard Garriott joke. It's never too late to make a Richard Garriott joke. <laughs> the man that is a Richard Garriott joke. The man so good, Jeb. Sold a vial of his blood. Now that was Richard Garriott. That was Richard Garriott. Did he, wait, that, did he sell it? I thought he shot it into space. No. He did he took, sell one and shoot another one into space? A vial of Is his, he building a weather machine? A vial of his blood was a Kickstarter backer award. <laughs> which, to verify that it was actually his blood, they showed it being streamed in its extraction. Like they had a medical person on staff to draw the blood and everything. It was it was mind-bogglingly indulgently weird. <laughs> Like, this is the kind of thing that David Lynch would put in something as a scene someone else walked into and was like, oh, uh, never mind. Bye. <laughs> but on the other hand, now someone has a Richard Garriott voodoo doll. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No. Uh, you really don't want to let down your Kickstarter back sometimes is all I'm saying. This is Five Nights at Freddy's World. Mm. <laughs> Which right, launched right. to the Five Nights at Freddy's fans, lasted on Steam about a month and a half, and if amongst had- complaints and bugs, Cawthon pulled it down, said he'd work mm-hmm. on it, worked on it, and then came back and said, I can't work on it, I, I can't make this good, so I'm returning all of your money. Wow. Um, <laughs> I, I would love, I would love to have some legitimate reason to dislike Scott Cawthon, because he's successful, and he's successful with a weird, oddball <laughs> indie darling, and there's this sort of uh, I could have done that feeling, but he appears to be like a really sweet you know person. You know what? Yeah. I'm gonna give yeah, Jeb? give him even more credit. You ever yeah. seen footage various Five Nights at Freddy's? Yeah. He actually takes that franchise in different directions. Yeah. More drastically than like anybody does. And yeah. he does the in one doing yeah. these well, he was doing these things in, like within months. Yeah, like Five he, Nights at Freddy's one, Five Nights at Freddy's two, and Five Nights at Freddy's, Freddy's three are drastically different from one another. There are and three then of these the Chinese. There's five of them. There are five Holy of them. Holy shit! And then <laughs> and Five Nights at Freddy's World, which you can't have, <laughs> and a spinoff. Don't forget the spinoff that was made by I think the Chinese room. Yeah, called the. Park. There's a lot of stuff of this. Wow. Which uh, I have no idea. It's gotten so big. At least that which, explains uh, why we've seen bootleg action figures of it in uh, yeah in pop up shops at the shop. Oh, and well, he's the other thing. He licensed- of it. Yeah, he merchandises the shit out of that, and then he gives all the money to fucking charity. Are you kidding? Yeah. Oh, who is this saintly asshole? Oh, also, he's a deeply religious Christian. I would love a reason to dislike this man, but by all observations, he's walking the walk and being a really good person. That jerk. Not, not certain <laughs> deeply religious Christians are allowed to act like Christians. It's so like, annoying. <laughs> yeah, wow. It's gets disgusting. Let's move on. You decent, caring, considerate motherfucker. Oh, oh, what, what? Son of a... What, what's that? Pleasant you've limited person you've, you've limited taught your, you good morals. You've limited your personal income to the median income in your home country and you're giving the rest away? <laughs> you what? <laughs> Who's that nice? Wow. Who's actually that nice? Holy fucking shit. <laughs> this guy you're, nice? supposed to, you're supposed to be driving around in a gold-plated chariot. Yes! Next up, speaking of golden things, we have a developer who really pushed through a lot of effort to make a, a sort of a number one kind of title in a very specific, narrow genre. Uh, this is another British auteur. Um, and uh, the game, by all accounts, and I've heard from one reviewer who I trust very deeply about this, is captivating and fun and interesting, um, but also very much not for everyone. Sorry, who is what is I wasn't listening. It's okay, I'm pretty much... I got distracted by something shiny. I'm pretty much... I'm not actually kidding. I'm pretty much serving so depressing. straight over Jeb's plate anyway. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, what what, what yeah. game am I talking about here, Jeb? Um, Inside? <laughs> no, Witness. Oh. Did it, did it flag in the end? 
<laughs> well, no, when you said all the, the captivating and all that other, you know, captivating mm-hmm. and wonderful and not for everyone by any means, that my inside was my first thought. Yeah. No, it's just <laughs> I, I went back and listened to what you said about The Witness when it was fresh. And, like, you seemed to be really into it at the time, but mm-hmm. things change. We, we take time well, with games. We get to know them. Well, the, the Witness is a, a fine. It, it, if you're buying what The Witness is selling, you're going to have a great time. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're nice. if you have trouble with colors or with listening, uh, Jonathan Blow thinks you should fuck yourself. So, oh, I see. That's very Jonathan Blow. Yeah. Well, if you can't experience his art in the way it was intended, I think that's on you. Hmm. Yeah. Um. On on a tangential note, if you if want Jonathan one Blow those... Jonathan Blow can experience my art at the side of my because on the side of my ass. <laughs> um. Apparently, speedruns of The Witness have a problem that there is a seven-hour unskippable wait, <laughs> which is one of the you most Jonathan Blowish things. <laughs> I want to see that at a, at a speedrun event now, and just and like they just okay, where uh, and now we're all gonna... right. The seven hours has started. Uh, now we're gonna do the filling in the witness weight block. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna run. <laughs> we're gonna speed run mist and uru. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, like you know, you can do mist in minutes. Yeah, mist's not that long, is it? No, but that would be the perfect well, kind of shade to put in there, though, because they were renowned as these sprawling, <laughs> impossible puzzles in their days. True. And you know what you could do? You could wrap the whole thing in a braid 100% speed run. <laughs> oh yeah, with its with its two hour wait. Uh, if it, for the cloud to get the final star, I think it's a. I, I want to say it's like a 16 hour wait, but uh, two I hours. Two. I, it, I thought it was bigger than seven, but it might have just been that I was angrily remembering it being a million hours of bullshit. <laughs> it's entirely just that Jonathan Blood likes to have people sit around and do fucking nothing when they're playing a game. The point is, you just find as many games with the massive unskippable weight in them as you can and then you wrap them around each okay, other. Okay, so here's the nest. Like a Matryoshka doll of obnoxious speedrun Here's the nest. The entire speedrun event is one speedrun of Byton Katos. 100%. Byton Katos? <laughs> yeah, which takes seven full 24-hour periods. It does? Yeah, because there's all this waiting for the 100% stuff. Oh, wow. Um, and then you nest in every single one of those. You nest... A witness speedrun, which has nested inside it a braid speedrun, and in the braid speedrun you have a two-hour symposium on why making people play other games to kill time during your game is fucking bullshit. <laughs> you feel all of them is speedruns is that one of them is just a scholarly discussion of why this is bullshit. <laughs> In the middle, you don't announce it. You just ah, oh, you thought you were going to see uh, I don't know the land before time run in twelve minutes. No, we have other things to discuss. <laughs> we- Settle down, children. I hope you're comfortable. We're here to speed run knowledge. <laughs> All right. Now, away from my pretentious side, towards the side that is far too appreciative of indulgent, stupid bullshit, we have the game that we didn't think would come out from the company we thought was already dead. We have the follow-up. This is follow up. it can't be Last Guardian yet. No, we have the follow-up to Duke Nukem Forever. There's a follow-up? Not quite. Not quite. The company oh, um, that was working on Duke Nukem Forever made another the game. fuck was her name? Yeah, it's, it's a game about a woman. Oh, it, uh, Bombshell. Um, yes. Yeah, Bombshell. What, how, did, how did you describe Bombshell when you first saw her, Fox? It wasn't me, it was you. Oh, See, I only associate girls who are on the cover of 90s video card boxes with uh, creepy Uncanny Valley fairies, <laughs> not cyborgs. Yeah, sex cyborgs. Definitely sex cyborgs. <laughs> oh, sex fairies, too. But, yeah. like, you, you couldn't be on the cover of a, a 3D card box in the 90s without being a fuck doll, basically. Yeah, Bombshell came out, and I'm told that it's a perfectly priced game when it's on sale. <laughs> I I on heard sale for? Uh, like I've heard it's remarkably bland. Yeah, yeah. Bummer. It's like if you wanted a less good Diablo 2. Wow, that's... Yeah, that's bland, all right. <laughs> um, I dislike Diablo 2 or anything, but there was, a, there was a very, like, either you enjoy playing this kind of game or you don't, and then there's nothing. It's a meditative as fuck game. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, you know, I'd quite like to play something with a stupid trash action hero lady. I kind of miss those, to be honest. Well, speaking of missable action hero ladies from the 90s... <laughs> Sarah Lara uh, Croft game. There was the Windows port of Rise of the Tomb Raider. Right. 
Uh, Jeb, you were you were the person who had the most contact with this game out of the three of us. What uh, did you hear? Been, I have been told that Rise of the Tomb Raider is, is excellent. Yeah. I've heard nothing bad about it, which, you know, irritates me because I, I hate Tomb Raider being rebooted, but, you know. Why can't this thing let me hate it? <laughs> I, I mean... Yeah. From everything um, I've heard, Rise of the Tomb Raider corrected pretty much all the problems with the reboot. I've been waiting for it to go on sale so I can give it a try, but it hasn't yet. Yeah, which is, by the way, a really interesting sign. Well, I'm not, I mean, I don't know how to feel about that because my problem with the reboot was strictly a time sensitive. Like, it's been done, it's passed. My my issue is, you know, call me back when you've decided that Gears of War needs to reboot it with a vulnerable human protagonist. Yeah. I Like, this doesn't ever get done to guys. This only happens to women. Yeah. Well, sure, but Rise of the Tomb Raider has her being decidedly less a vulnerable person and more being Lara Croft. Absolutely, which is cool, but, but like, you can't undo the the reboot like the reboot was what i had the problem with the reboot's been done yeah though That's, i yeah I, I don't have a problem with the rise of the tomb raider that i'm aware of i did catch a reviewer saying in rise of the tomb raider time to first tomb raided is two minutes that well that is definitely a problem that people had with the first one wasn't it yeah the first one yeah it was raiding tombs was a side story next up we have the process of raiding tombs was two minutes we have a game that I'm, I'm pretty sure Jeb's going to get this one. Um, so we're just going to be nice and easy on this. No, no. This is a game that came out in January. The director was Kazuya Nino. I'm probably pronouncing that incorrectly. The producer Pro- is Niroyushi Fujimoto. The head artist is Akira Toriyama. It's a voxel okay. game. Ah, this is the Japanese... You said it was released in January? Yep. It's the uh, Japanese release of Dragon Quest Builders. Yes. Yes, it was. Which I believe, if you wanted to hear Jeb talk about... We have, like, quite a bit of that in, in last year's it's last year. It's come episodes. up! Yeah. It's cute! It's adorable! Yeah. And that more or less brings... Mm, no. It's the it's the sequel to Dragon Quest War, uh, to Dragon Quest 1 that you never knew you wanted until you found out about it. I am a huge not fan of Toriyama's art style, but it could work rather well with voxels, I have to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can have some fun with that. I'm looking at our time and realizing that at this point we've done an hour on January. I don't think we're going to get through the whole year. <laughs> you wouldn't do the whole year? I was going to do the whole year, but no. Oh, wow. We just went through the whole year. We don't need to relive that so soon. It's true. It's true. I, I like the idea of doing a retrospective on 2016 just so we can say, hey, check that. This is all the shit that happened in this year. This is really interesting. We can do a part Here are good things for 2016, two. guys. Yeah. I mean, like, next next week we can do March. We could do the next month or whatnot. Um, that seems like a nice idea. Uh, some lesser things in that I didn't have a good leading in for this for January 2016 that came out. This is, I can't believe you stopped after that one because this was just as I realized that with your new position, I can just lean this way and yeah. see the computer screen. You could. So I was going to start being like, oh, don't be silly, Jeff. It's Dragon Quest Builders. How could you not know that? <laughs> and sort of get about three or four of those before you guys went, Fox. How the fuck did you know that? Uh, yeah. Um, some other stuff that came out in January 2016. Assassin's Creed Chronicles India. Mm-hmm. Uh, the PS4 Is and Xbox. Have you played those? Sorry? Is that the the Assassin's Creed mm-hmm. ones? That's the mobile ones, right? Yeah. Which no, are the kind Chronicles- of. No, they're the, oh. the 2D side-scroller ones. Okay. What are they on, then? Uh, Windows, PlayStation 4, and Xbox Online. Oh, for real? Sorry, Xbox One. Okay. Oh, that's what's been fucking me up this whole time. Ah. XBO is Xbox One, not Xbox Online. Yes. Oh, that's going to be annoying. Well, they, um, that's their fault. They got the acronym wrong. Everyone knows it's the Xbone. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the obligatory category of games where you open the Wikipedia link and it doesn't, and it takes you to the company who distributed it, Ooh. we have a game that came out called... Oh, not even the studio... Not not even the studio that made it, the distributor. Oh. Uh, a game called Echoes of Etheria. If you know anything about Echoes of Etheria, it's on the side of this milk carton. Please give that's, us information. That sounds <laughs> as generic as fuck. I know! Holy shit! I think, is that one of those, um, there's a particular company that releases a bunch of Japanese-made RPG maker games to the yeah. West? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like it's one of them. It sounds that's, like it, yeah. That's, uh... I can't remember the name of the company off the top of my head, but I've yeah okay yeah uh, Degika yeah I've yeah it's a, it's, oh. it's a Degika game it's another Degika game so it might be good might be bad don't know I've yet to play a Degika game that was particularly great but nothing like, like seeing, atrocious yeah you're doing resources and stuff though yeah like they're they're, they're, yeah, they're an RPG maker distributor like nice okay um and they're in a really growing market the PC market in Japan is almost <laughs> wholeheartedly eaten up by indie made RPG maker and small studio um 
What's the word for it? Uh, visual novels. Yeah, cool. I'm into this. All right. Um, next, we also had Resident Evil Zero HD Remaster. Sure. Uh, yeah, which... Yeah. And a game I don't know. I, I this, this game flew past me entirely. But I feel like I should have noticed it because it was called The Deadly Tower of Monsters. Ooh. And its full title is Stacy Sharp is Scarlet Nova in oh The Deadly Tower of Monsters. I have that game. I haven't played it. <laughs> With a two-stick controls, Malay combat, mm-hmm. a jetpack. It's made by Ace Team. It's published by Atlas. And the whole thing looks like a 1980s sci-fi movie. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is this? The film is... Okay. The game's framing device is of an early 70s B-movie, The De- Deadly Tower of Monsters, recently released on DVD, with the director's commentary of its in-universe director, Dan Smith, serving as a combination of tutorial and meta-commentary <laughs> on the game, providing an explanation as to why many of the default elements of shooters would be in what is ostensibly a film. The player being required to break boxes to obtain items is taken as the lead actor ad-libbing on Smith's advice to make sure every moment was exciting. <laughs> The film is a space opera in which astronaut Dick Starspeed, played in-universe by actor Jonathan Digby, was shot down on an alien planet ruled by a tyrannical emperor. This is one of the most <laughs> atlasy sounding things I've ever seen. That, that sounds phenomenal. I, I hope this game is like in that $10 kind of category of game because it's such... This is made by the people who made Rocket... Wait, how does the... The female character who's in the title factor into this. Fuck if I know. We have no idea. Okay, fair enough. And this game was made by the same people who made Rock of Ages. Ooh. Okay. So, yeah, this is definitely... Like, if, if this is a game that's marketing itself on being funny, the fact that I know they've already made a game I find really oh funny is is meaningful. I have totes on deck for this. And, you know, the synopsis does... It sounds tremendous. <laughs> Also came out Final Fantasy Explorers on the 3DS, Lego's Marvel Avengers, which I have seen a lot of people talking very positively about, but mostly because like Marvel just released so much shit in 2016. Some of it's got to be good. That um, seems like all of the Lego games have been, you know, yeah, good at, at being Lego games at the very mm-hmm. least. So like no one's, I never heard anyone go, yeah, this is the shit one in the Lego whatever franchise. We also have the novelty uh, well, that shows I, up in these well, lists. In the in the ones Which where ones they started the fucking one? the ones where they started talking. Ah. Uh-huh. We also have a rare thing that shows up in this list from time to time, which is a game that is noteworthy enough to have a citation, so it shows up on this list and no link oh, wow. at all. Not okay. to the distributor, nothing about it. But for some reason, the game's announcement of release is noteworthy. Which usually means this was announced at a major event as part of a list of things, and no one has seen enough hide or hair of it to make a Wikipedia page for it. Which is weird, because Wikipedians will do all sorts of things with their free time. (laughs) The three games in question are Death by Game Show on Mac, Windows, and Linux. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm Scared, spelled I-M-S-C-A-R-E-D with no spaces, on Windows. Imscard. Imscard, yeah. I it, honestly, think I, I've heard of that. I think I'm I have too, to but then I'm wondering where. if I'm thinking of like a YouTube show. It seems vaguely uh, familiar, um, but you can really tell it apart from any given startup. Mm. Yeah, and then, like I'm, am I thinking of that or am I just thinking of Don't, don't Hug Me, I'm Scared? Yeah, and then, rounding out I'm this sure list. I'm I've heard I'm, of I'm Scared, but I can't fucking remember where. <laughs> And this is the this is the game in this list that I'm actually kind of annoyed that I can't find uh, easily. AIPD, artificial artificial intelligence police department, which is on Steam, and it looks like the kind of thing Rob from Retro Remakes would quite okay. like. Like this looks like something that was made inspired by Death Ray Manta. <laughs> Good. It's a twin Good. stick co op shooter. Where you're apparently playing like a cop AI shooting evil AIs? I it is oh. somehow noteworthy enough that it got attention, but not noteworthy enough that it's got a Wikipedia page. And it's developed by Blazing Badger Games. Ooh, strong. <laughs> Very strong. So So we will we'll have to investigate more and see if this game bears out. <laughs> we should That's a we different should do animal. Like, mm. We should make it a thing that we do with like <laughs> That took a a moment. Talon, this requires a card game, I think. (laughs) Badger's trying to make. (laughs) Yes, yes, Jeb, yes. Well, you absolutely need more Badger related games anyway. 
But yes. Uh, we should we should do like a weird review block where we pick a game to play based on how good the developer's name is. <laughs> or possibly their logo. Yes. Or maybe a retro gaming news where we just pick the names of developers and I see if you can guess anything they've made. <laughs> no, no, not that, because I know nothing. But Oh, and one last thing that came out in January 2016, which was apparently as a warm-up to test the waters for the franchise. In Japan, a game called Yakuza Kiwami came out, which was basically... Yakuza 1 remade for the PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 4, (laughs) except when those developers remake something, they also add about a third again as much stuff. Three dozen minigames? Yeah. Well, to be fair, they're, like, this this is an old franchise, like... Yeah. Yeah, the the remake is really upscaling it. Yeah, and and I last checked, the the very first one is... Yeah, the first game was 2005. Mm -hmm. So updating that with 11 years of experience behind you, got to be pretty cool. Anyway. Well, that was a terrifying moment. I was like, 2005? Okay, so it wasn't actually that long ago. (laughs) (laughs) 12 years ago. (laughs) Oh, right then. I dare say that's enough for this week's installment of the Downloadable Concept Podcast, which was brought to us, as always, by you, our wonderful The Listener, with your support on Patreon. As ever always... Arisen! There's a river! That was Jeb. That was Fox. I'm in the river. (laughs) And I'm Talon. Thank you very much for tuning in for the past two years, and we look forward to... Well, it's I, uh, I need to go trade these pawns. Much love, everyone. Uh, be, be sure to be sure to send a gift and to rate me up so that uh, I will be hired out by more people. <laughs>